1: I feel good. Dad, are you singing to your cereal? Come on, Ava. Silk almond milk starts the morning on a high note. (laughs) Silk almond milk. With calcium, vitamins A, D, and E. Feel plenty good. I didn't ask you to pull me out of there, Goddamn you.
0: His big break in movies earned him the nickname. Lieutenant Diane. But Gary Sinise's long and storied career has included lots of memorable characters, from Of Mice and Men... I spend all my time telling you things and you forget them. ...to President Harry S. Truman... Mrs. Roosevelt, is there anything I can do for you? ...in blockbuster films...
1: Jack, uh, give me a read back on that last procedure.
0: ...and Primetime TV... But, as we'll find out, for Sinise, it was that supporting role alongside Tom Hanks... I'm Lieutenant Dan Taylor. Welcome to Fort Petunia. ...that put the actor on the path to find his life's true mission. Serving our nation's hero. We have two things in common. Do I get a hint? I find cooking really hard. I find it really stressful. Do you feel your life is in danger? And the love of my mother is what brought me here. What was the worst investment? Oh, there's a long list of really bad ones. Gary Sinise, welcome. I am delighted to have you here as a guest. Thanks so much, Chris. Great to I, be here. I want to start with a book you wrote a few years ago called Grateful American From Self to Service. Is that how you see the arc of your life from focusing on yourself and your acting career to focusing on service to the military and to veterans?
1: In some ways, yeah. When I started to write that book, I I thought I was encouraged to sort of document some of the interesting places that I'd been uh, to serve back give back to the military. I've been on bases all over the world and hospitals everywhere and and uh, some of the some of my folks that uh, that work with me encouraged me to sort of document some of that, and then I started to do that and i i I realized it was taking me back to all the steps that led up to it and so I looked at the life before I went full on into service, and it turned into an autobiography of of uh, you know how i this journey from self to service and how
0: I got there. And as you made that journey, were there times, particularly as it went on, that you began making choices, you know, I'm not going to take this project because it's taking me away from my commitment to service?
1: I, I think so, or, or the opposite. Or I took, there were a few projects I took because it kind of fit right into what I was doing. On the, uh, you know, on the service side. Um, for example, uh, Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. I had done nine seasons of CSI New York. Now I have this public platform on television every, every week. I'm playing a character who was not only a police officer, but he was a veteran and he was a 9-11 family member. That, uh, that gave me an opportunity in a public way to honor the men and women who We lost on September 11th, and and the firefighters that we lost and all of that. And then along came Criminal Minds Beyond Borders a couple years after CSI New York. I did that because it fit into the mission. But sure, there were were plenty of times where I said, you know, I have the flexibility now. I was on television for nine years. I'm financially okay. I can pick and choose you know very specifically based on what life is about and and now life is so much more about giving back and 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 trying to serve our veteran community and our first responder community that you know i'm just grateful that i have the opportunity to do that and and be selective about what i do in the in the movie business
0: this is a slightly sensitive question because it kind of uh it's a it's a tough one to answer but I I'm, I'm going to ask you to to just be candid about it. do you think you could have had a bigger career been a bigger star in the conventional Hollywood sense if you had just focused more on acting? Mm.
1: You know, I don't know.
0: I had some great opportunities. I mean, I,
1: I can't complain about my no, acting no, I know that. I mean, it, it's been it's been great. I started a theater company. The theater company did very well. We went to Broadway. We did a lot there. I've had a blessed career in in the movie and television and theater business. I've done uh, amazing things. I've worked with amazing people and it really played um, um a major role if not the key element in what I'm doing today on the service side without without the public platform that the movie and television business gave me and the financial security that it gave me I, I, I wouldn't have been able to do as much as I'm doing on the service side
0: let's circle back you made reference to it to 1974 when you helped co-found the the Steppenwolf Theatre Company in Highland Park Illinois take a look at at this <laughs> gang of, uh, <laughs> of folks, yeah. so young, uh, so talented. And in case, and I suspect some people won't be able to from that, let's show some of the, the pictures of who those folks became. John Malkovich, Laurie Metcalf, and two people who I suspect people don't know their names so much, but they've seen them forever, their faces uh, and their great work, <laughs> Jeff Perry, Terry Kinney. How was it to start out as an actor with folks like that, yeah.
1: Well, it's just one of those things, you know. I don't know. We put a collection of people together, and it it kind of clicked, and we we hung together, we stayed together, and a lot of people went off. They had great careers in the movie and television business, and our theater now is what nearly fifty years old. It's uh, it's a Chicago institution. Uh, we have built buildings there, and it's 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 a great American story when you look at it. Absolutely, just a bunch of kids getting together. They have nothing, absolutely nothing. Let's in put there. on a
0: show like Judy Garland and Andy yeah. Rooney. Now
1: it's, a, now it's a big building and massive endowment. And
0: so so Malkovich, who I only know from his work, I've never met the guy, but, you know, he seems like an unusual character in, in life. Is he?
1: Now, there is somebody that Chris Wallace needs to talk to. John John Malkovich, absolutely, because he's he's a funny guy, he's a hilarious person. Uh, We've been friends now, you know. Like I said, nearly fifty years. Uh, We've done incredible incredible things together, Uh, and he's funny. I mean, he was he was always kind of a nut, and uh, you know, just had an unusual way of doing things, unusual uh, approach to acting. Uh, We did many many plays. Back in the '70s, together we made a movie of a play of mice and men. We did. We actually did of mice and men on stage yeah. about ten years before we made the movie, and then I got the rights to make it into a movie. And of course, I was going to ask him because we'd already done it together.
0: What What did you learn from those days and those co-members of your ensemble?
1: That That's where I learned everything about acting, and I think it was. It was not. It. You know, I. I went to high school, I didn't go to college. They went to college, they studied theater. I did a lot of theater in high school and then started Steppenwolf when I got out of high school. Uh, Kind of in a basement of a closed down Catholic school they let us use to put on plays. And we didn't have to pay any money, we didn't make any money doing it, but it was our own thing and it was our own space and we could do whatever we wanted in there. And I think we did do whatever we wanted. And so that kind of galvanized our approach to acting.
0: Early on at Steppenwolf, you had something called Veterans Nights where you provided them with free admission. Um, You never served in the military, but you came from a long line, your father, your grandfather, of people who served in the military. And I wonder, is that why so early on you had a kind of sensitivity To treating these men and women right?
1: I think it was I think it was a series of steps along the way that 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 led to it and it was really on my wife's side of the family her Vietnam brothers two brothers served in Vietnam her sister's husband combat medic in Vietnam I learned a lot from them in the 70s and early 80s and I felt, you know, when I started to talk to them about their experiences in Vietnam and what it was like to come home to a nation that was really divided and that had treated the Vietnam veteran very badly, I felt as a young person kind of, I felt very badly that that I had been so oblivious
0: kind of as a young person. All right, let's move forward to 1994 when you got your big breakthrough role as Lieutenant Dan in the movie Forrest Gump. And, and I want to start with a scene, and this is where Forrest rescues you from the battlefield in Vietnam over your <laughs> very vociferous objections. Take a look. I
1: told you to leave me there, Gump! Forget about me! Get yourself out! Did you hear what I said? God damn it! Put me down! Get your ass out of here! I didn't ask you to pull me out of there, God damn you. Where the hell you think you're going?
0: Yeah,
1: um, I got an airstrike inbound right now. They're going to nate the whole area. Don't you stay here, God damn it. That's an order.
0: You were trying out auditioning for other parts at that time before you knew whether you were going to get that role. Do you think in somehow looking back in the arc of your life that it was somehow fate that you would end up playing Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump? Well,
1: it was certainly good fortune. Uh, <laughs> the movie did so well. Um, maybe it was some, some kind of destiny. I mean, I, I, I never realized it at the time that the role would play a, a, a greater part in my life than just a, a, you know, being in a movie um, and having it be another part that I did in a movie because years later, you know, when I started walking into hospitals to visit our wounded, They recognized, they they didn't know who I was, but they recognized my face from Forrest Gump and they started, they wanted to talk about Lieutenant Dan. And I realized early on, that's going to be part of the story that I share with these wounded veterans. And and it certainly played a a great, uh, significant part in my career, uh, changing things. I hadn't done that many movies before that, uh, but... Much greater role in my life uh, as a wounded veteran and connecting me to the to the military and the Vietnam veteran community and the wounded uh, that we have. And we have so many real life Lieutenant Dan's now that, uh, you know, if I I can share something positive from the movie with them and it helps them, then I'm all too
0: eager to do that. The next year you were in another movie with Tom Hanks. You played... Ken Mattingly in Apollo 13. Uh, Mattingly was the guy who gets bumped from the flight f- for a medical reason. He think, they think he has the measles. He was exposed to the measles. He, did, in fact, didn't have the measles. Never got it, and he ends up coming up with the way to bring this crippled spaceship back home. Here you are. There. Here we go. CMC
1: attitude. I am
0: on, on, on the computer Ken go ahead. is your computer on
1: now? Up and running. How do we look John?
0: I think we got it, buddy. <laughs> I love watching you watching that scene. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that for a while. Uh, you know, it's a hell of a movie. It was it a really great movie is. to be in. Uh, Ron Howard did such a fantastic job directing that movie. Is it true you had your choice of roles of the, of the two astronauts who go up with Hanks on Apollo 13 or this role and you chose this role? I had my choice of
1: which one I wanted to audition for. Okay. So uh, Ron said, uh, and I didn't know Ron, you know, I had worked with Tom on on Forrest Gump and this was the next movie he was doing. So he put in a good word. He said, you know, of course, uh, my agents are calling. Let's get Gary an audition. And Tom said, you know, you should see this guy and stuff. Uh, So I heard from Ron and it was like, well, just pick one of the other three astronauts uh, that Tom isn't playing. The the, the guy's Tom isn't playing. Pick one and come audition for it. So I picked uh, Ken Mattingly because I thought his story was so interesting that he gets, you know, he's so much a part of the mission getting ready and then he gets pulled from the mission and then he becomes vital to the solution at the end. And I, I just liked that story quite a bit.
0: A few years later, you're in another movie with Tom Hanks, The Green Mile. What do you think of Tom Hanks? Oh, I I love
1: Tom. Uh, He's a wonderful guy and he's been a good friend all these years. We did three movies together during that 90s period um, uh, with uh, with The Green Mile. We haven't really worked together since, uh, but we've stayed in touch. He's a wonderful guy. He's been a great supporter of my foundation. Uh, Obviously, very caring person about the military and whatnot. He's done some great things and uh, proud to call him a friend.
0: And as we've been saying, somewhere along the line, acting becomes less important to you and service to, to the military and to veterans and to first responders becomes more important in 2003 uh, you form the Lieutenant Dan Band, and you end up playing all over the world. Was nine eleven Gary, a turning point for you? Uh, no doubt. No doubt about
1: that. In fact, in my book, that's the, the chapter in my book that references what happened on September 11th and how that affected me is indeed called Turning Point, Uh, because I I feel like the 80s and 90s and a lot of the things that I was involved in kind of teeing up what would happen after September 11th, which was a full-on kind of desire and commitment to do what I could for the men and women who were deploying after September 11th and uh, going to Afghanistan and Iraq. And so I started visiting them and going to the hospitals and formed Lieutenant Dan Band and started entertaining them. The first big trip I did to uh, Iraq was in 2003, in June of 2003. And it was a, a big, big USO sponsored tour called Project Salute. And there were 180 people on a and donated Northwest Airlines 747. We all got on that airplane and went to Kuwait, landed in Kuwait, and you had all kinds of entertainers on there. You had basketball players and football players and cheerleaders and comedians, and Robert De Niro was there. I mean, it was a gigantic (laughs) thing. And they separated us on three different In Three different groups one group would go out to the carrier in the Gulf and entertain all day out there Another group would go up to Baghdad another group would go into Kuwait and we were going all over the place for about six days Doing things Kid Rock was on that tour and all kinds of people and I saw uh, And and we would do shows and what what would I do as an actor? I just go out and talk to the crowd and they'd all yell lieutenant Dan at me and and whatnot and then When I got back, I started talking to the USO. I said, you know, I play music. I'd like to, you know, do that. And eventually, after about six of those handshake, uh, waving at the crowd tours that I did, they let me take the band. And we've played over 500 shows for the military at this point.
0: In 2011, you took it up a big notch because you created the Gary Sinise Foundation, which, among other things, Create smart homes for severely wounded uh, military officers and for their families. And, and we have uh, you touring a house with one of those severely wounded people named Jake Murphy. Take a look.
1: Smart home is unbelievable. You don't realize what impact it's going to make until you experience it. There's your smart stuff. Yeah. On the wall, there's a smart pad. This is family room. There you go, look, I got TV. And if you're here by yourself or something, and you've already gotten into bed, you've right. t- taking these oh, off, yeah. you know, it's just All the like lights are off. It's literally like a good night button that closes the shades, locks the doors, right. turns off all the lights.
0: Tell me the ways you and your foundation have, have, and you can see it right there with Jake, changed the lives of these people who have given so much to defend our country.
1: It's it's a it's a great feeling to know that we have the trust of the American people who donate so that we can do that kind of thing. This is a program we call Rise, Restoring Independence, Supporting Empowerment. I got into home building back in 2009 or 10. When I started my foundation, home building became just one of our programs. So now we've given away, you know, over 80 homes uh, nearly 80 homes i think and and we have many more on the on the on the schedule jake is a he's a west pointer wonderful wonderful guy uh and we, i have met so many extraordinary people that have inspired me and motivated me and each time i see one cross the cross the threshold into the new house that they're that's going to make their life easier, more manageable, it's, it's a good, good feeling to know that there's something that we can do to give back to these people who've done so much.
0: I want to switch subjects on you a bit. Uh, you're one of the relatively few conservatives in Hollywood. Uh, you've contributed over the years to John McCain, to Mitt Romney, and you help co-found a group of like-minded people in, uh, called in Hollywood called Friends of Abe. Do conservatives in the entertainment industry need a support group?
1: (laughs) Well, that's something, you know, we don't talk about out here um, that much. And that was just, you know, this something came together back in the early days of the Iraq war for me. And I think so much um, was motivated by, uh, as I said, what happened to our Vietnam veterans and the lack of support that they got and the the way they were treated. And then we regretted it later on. We tried to do something mm-hmm. to help them. We built memorials. We had parades. Uh, people regret what happened to our Vietnam veterans at that time. And during the Iraq war, I felt like I didn't want our Iraq War and Afghanistan veterans to fall prey to any of that kind of stuff. I just wanted to get in there and, and support them. So I started looking for people that were just in the same camp with me on that, on that subject. And I found other, other folks in, in, the, in the movie and television business who enjoyed getting together, and that's, that's what happened there.
0: As we mentioned earlier, the Steppenwolf Theater Company started in Highland Park, Illinois, which, as we all know, was the, the scene of that horrific July 4th shooting. Um, I know you're a big supporter of the Second Amendment and, and the, the right to bear arms under the Constitution, but do you have any feelings at all about whether there should be more controls on semi-automatic weapons and high-capacity magazines?
1: I, th- I think we need multiple solutions, clearly. There's no one solution for this terrible problem that we have. I know right where that happened. I actually lived on Central Avenue, which uh, three blocks down from where that happened. When I was a kid, that's where I grew up. I was in that 4th of July parade uh, as a kid. Uh, in a. I remember in a soapbox derby car and. And then in the early days of Steppenwolf, we marched with the Steppenwolf sign. You know, so, on the so Fourth of July So, when you talk parade, about all of the solutions,
0: yeah. and obviously there's a mental health component to it, there's a you know families yeah. realizing if young people are going off the tracks, is gun some kind of restrictions on these weapons of war? Is that part of it too? <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm I'm
1: I'm not the guy to to know exactly what to do about all that um, or. You know, I, I the one thing I do know is that you can't get rid of guns. You know, I said this on to Larry King one time. He asked me about that, and I said, "Well, what what are you, what are we going to propose? Because guns are here to stay. They've always yep. been a part of the American the American story. Um, so, what do we do now that we seem to have this uh, easy access to guns when we shouldn't, uh, or people that?" get guns that shouldn't have them. What do we do? Um, it's a complicated situation. I don't think there's one solution that you can say, well, if we just do this, we won't see this kind of thing happen again. Can anybody say that? I don't think, I don't think so.
0: There's one other way in which you've taken the road less traveled during your career. Uh, I want to put up a picture again of the, the Steppenwolf group you and that very pretty young lady there in front of you, her name was Moira Harris. She was an early member of Steppenwolf. The two of you have been married for 41 years, and you're in the process of moving your family and your foundation to Franklin, from Hollywood to Franklin, Tennessee. How come?
1: Yeah, we were, we were looking for a uh, family change. I think it was a family decision first. You know, we started talking to our daughters about, you know, would, would you ever consider, because we have little grandchildren, and uh, we wouldn't have gone Aren't anywhere. they the best? Uh, yeah, fantastic. We wouldn't have left, you know, if they didn't want to do that. Right. It's a wonderful area there uh, where we are, and I thought it would be a good place for the foundation, actually. I mean, uh, it's a no-tax state. Uh, state tax. So that, that'll be good. I, I want to always be mindful of how we spend the, the people's money. And I think it'll be a good use. Uh, you know, we'll be able to get space there for less than what we're pay- paying here. But it's just going to be a good change. Tennessee is centrally located. It'll be a, a beautiful place for me to kind of be based to, with easy access to multiple military installations all around the country.
0: Gary? Thank you. Thank you for your great career in acting. Thank you for your second career in service to the people who defend our freedom and protect us. It's it's my pleasure. Thank you. If you'd like to see how you can join Gary in helping our nation's military families, veterans, and first responders, go to GarySiniseFoundation.org and check out all the ways you can get involved. Thank you for watching. Catch us every Sunday night on CNN. And keep streaming anytime you want on HBO Max to find out who's talking next.